I love you, but you are not serious people. Look at it. Always, I've never read it quite. <laughs> I am coming for you, Sheps. I am coming for you. I've got it. How uh, are you, little <laughs> gruffy? <laughs> You're coming for me. That's ridiculous. Without it, sort of any ego, it's just long hair. But that's a ridiculous state. Like you're coming for me. That's like I don't know what is that. That's like an ant saying it to the Death Star. I'm coming for you. Look, I've got a second ant. Ridiculous. <laughs> I've never even had anything half the length of that, so I don't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty human. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Beautiful. I uh, scratched it today and a thing fell out and I held it up and I examined it and I still don't know if it was a living thing or a once living thing, a husk of a living thing, a relic from a lost civilization or a bit of tree. And all of those are equally likely. So that was nice. That's right. Well, look, just in case we keep this, I'm going to just clarify we're talking about your beard because I realize we hadn't even mentioned that when we start saying your things, you know, Dude, that's what you say. <laughs> I've been talking about my dick this whole time, isn't it? <laughs> hey, let me ask you off the record how is life? Are you well, Sonny? It's been a little moment. I just want to see how you are. Oh, mate, no, I'm good. Thanks, Jess. I've had. Do you remember like the old it's all right on the night and my favorite it'll be all right on the night sorry and my favorite ever was nicholas i think it's, i want to say it's like nicholas owen was like a bbc newsreader sure. and about to go live oh he spilt his, his, his coffee. coffee and it's like whoa and then try to work clean it up but it's like, we're live in three two one and he's like good evening and welcome to the bbc news yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. god and he time. is losing it, and he's also corpsing as well. He's not just panicking or being like, fuck, he's laughing, and he's like, fuck. And, like, right at the last second, he does another, like, he can't control it, this, like, hysterical laugh. Yeah, what a pro. If well, it is Owen, then go Owen. What an absolute on. hero. I think it was, I don't know. But anyway, the, it, the, um, I've had a similar experience just this morning, Sheps. Like, I thought I was winning at life. I... I got home quite late last night from a, a, a flight to a place called Mackay in northern Queensland. And I I basically, I woke up at 3.59 on my alarm and I thought, fucking ace. And I just slid the old alarm, like turned it off, slipped out of bed. She had no idea that I was leaving. <laughs> and then um, she, yeah, anyway, I get downstairs and it's like 4.27 or whatever here, ready to go, coffee, water. I'm just winning, basically. And then I just <laughs> I realized uh, that I didn't have my laptop, which is probably a pretty crucial thing. And um and uh, and it was in the bag at the end of the bed still from when I unpacked like washing and stuff last night. And I was like, oh for bollocks sake. I go back upstairs, stealth, managed to just about do it. <laughs> but it's like 429, 429, like, shit. So I back downstairs, put it down, put the laptop up. Then I realize I don't have headphones. I'm like, shit. Like, just got here. It's very, it's very silly, but um, but nice. So nice. But you made it. You didn't wake anyone up, or you didn't lose anything. You didn't leave. 
we'll save like a little i want to talk to you about when we do roger moore specifically right. we've got a bit yes. of a crazy couple of weeks coming up and i want to just there's a couple of very optimal days so we'll just we'll touch out about that at the very end but yeah. well okay um, but in terms of me because you mentioned that you had like a basic like idea or something um uh, like in the, like the three or four days after you set it I, I had like an idea of the the villain and the title and the and the villain's main goal Holy and shit. yeah I mean you know but it, it's like okay and I've got the very vaguest of idea of like a sequence but that's it and today for example I had the perfect opportunity to really think about it and focus on it and I didn't so for whatever reason maybe it's because I know it's like Rog. And maybe it's because I know it's the 50th and so on. But so my bottom line is I'm happy to do it whenever you are and there's no pressing deadline. That's great because I, I want to, I mean, I, there's there's lots to it. There's, of course, the Roger factor for you and to a slightly, but only slightly lesser extent, me as well and wanting to get it right. Let me know. say this, though. I have alleviated some pressure off myself in terms of like because i'm setting it fairly specifically which i mentioned when you set it i'm doing it sort of golden gun style and i'm in and, and i'm leaning away from my you know the desire to go like moonraker or octopussy and doing that makes it easier in a way because it's more pigeonholed into what i can do and what i should do but i'll just tell you it's the third film so it's following in the template of like live and a dying man with a golden gun and then they make this one and so it sort of acts as a trilogy and there are comparisons to man with the golden gun live and a die it is the from russia with love to it's doctor no in more ways than one there are it is a sequel to live and let die and there could be no other bond films apart from those two and it could work so with that in mind what would be the natural progression from there before it gets big with spike me love me and so that's that's sort of where I'm going. And because it's, that keeps it fairly specific, that's easier for me than to not get overwhelmed by the, enorm you know, the enormity of the possibilities of the tomfoolery. Because frankly, <laughs> I've come that, that that could get out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I um, when I say I had an idea, all I've got, Sheppy, is that all I've got is that this will be more stundable and it will be absolutely in the sort of spirit of a Moonraker. Like, do you know what I mean? That, yeah. that will be underwater instead of out of this world. If you know what nice. I mean? so, yes. um, but that's all I've got. I've got nothing. <laughs> no, that's great. No but you've got the tagline right there. <laughs> yeah. um, we're in uh, New Zealand for like about four days for G's mum's birthday. We haven't been to New Zealand for oh. a few years. So we're just doing that. Um, and then um we have this big conference that i'm speaking at hence the beard oh, nice. look a bit more learned and scratch my chin occasionally during my little speech and i haven't written a 45 minute presentation i've got to give which is a bit scary um so nice. there's that and then just read them the pitch to howard the duck <laughs> go out on the podium really sternly with half-moon <laughs> spectacles it's amazing <laughs> with no preamble or intro just go into we fade up and you just do it and then you go credits you look around you walk out and there's like someone stands up starts to slow clap everyone else gets up does the slow clap you're Bill chuffed Come on, Bill yeah <laughs> yeah it moves in on the original clapper it's gates and then pulling next to him and it's me and i'm wiping away a tear like, that's, oh, that's jimmy that's goddamn jimmy <laughs> 
<laughs> so um basically there's like a there's a couple of I think like sweet spots. It's ba I'm thinking it's probably in a couple of weeks' time, Sheffy. But I'll send you like the I'll send you the the, the dates for me and good luck, like, man. That's it's all no, a bit fucking crazy, Chefs. I've I've got a stand at this thing as well, man. I've never fucking done anything like that before. Like, and we're spent. I'm spending thousands of bucks as like one last throw of the dice on the business. It's pretty scary. Oh man! It was literally the way to sleep. I thought, fuck, I haven't done this profile, and I'm like, and I just thought, <laughs> if the reason the business falls is because I was writing like you know non to pussy or whatever in the underwater adventure, anymore, I will get <laughs> myself. So I've got to be really careful. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I just, um, I, yeah, look, I, it, it's not me being pressured. I just wanted to say, like, you I, know, it's got to be called but, Thunderballs because uh, that fits in every, but you can't call it that. <laughs> are you going with a, just one spoiler for me then? Are you going with a Fleming title or are you just going to no, go a new title? Yeah, I figured I'm going for a Fleming ish, but sort of ish, ish in that it's fairly random. And if it existed, you know, like, Oh, a quantum of solace. Yeah, but like, what are you talking about? But so it's it's random like that, but it's not as abstract. It's yeah, it's pretentious, but um, but it but oh, it works. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, look, let, let's let's put a pin in that because we'll get to it all with everything. And like you know, and I'll, I'll, I I've got like a couple of dates, definitely Sheps in mind. So I'll I'll flick them to see if they work for you too, and then um, okay. but yeah, um, nice. cool. It's the That's perfect exciting. cauldron. No. Yeah, it's going to be epic, isn't it? It's just we've got yeah. to just accept, cancel the day. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, of course. What are we talking about here? Yeah, no, that's that's mega massive. I like it though. I like it a lot. That's gonna that's gonna rock all the worlds. Um, listen. In the Come meantime, take me to Peckham, Sheffy. Take me to Peckham. Come on. Well, so I'm deep, deep. We are deep into <laughs> season seven of horses now this is from 1989 this is every episode they've given up making it epic within 30 minutes every episode is 50 minutes now they're like we don't give a fuck it's three years since the previous season with like the the christmas specials for each christmas in between so they're back it's like a real event it's like yeah let's go get them um it, each episode is mega um, some are better than others, but they're all great. Cassandra is in it. She's a major player, basically from the off. Um, she's taking part in things. She's giving as good as she gets. She likes Dell. She likes his antics. She gets exasperated, but she's not, you know, it's a nice twist in a way that she, she likes Dell and she finds him funny. Um, so that's nice. We just had um, the episode, not the most recent episode, but we saw, I think it's episode four out of seven, was the one which I remember watching live, as it were. Bearing in mind, this isn't a Christmas episode, it was just on, it's like season seven, episode four. And it's the one, tell me if you remember this, it's where they go and it's Cassandra and Dell and Rodney and, they, and no one else here, Raquel's not in it. And they go to, and they win a competition for a drawing that Rodney did, and they get to go to like Spain or Mallorca, something like that. But the twist is that Rodney drew it when he was 14, and it says Rodney age 14, and everyone thinks that he's 14. Um, and Dell has doctored the passports because they check at one point. Um, and so he's pretending that Dell and Cassandra are married, and Dell is Dell, uh, Rodney is Dell's son. Um, and it's it's amazing. And I remember that. So I remember a lot of the episodes from repeats 
but I remember this one specifically. And it's like Cheers. I saw an episode of Cheers the other day, and that's like season seven now. And it's like 89 as well. So it's pure. You could flick the channels and watch Only Cause Losses and then turn over to Channel 4 and watch Cheers. And some of the episodes now, I don't remember from repeats. I remember from watching them live, Channel 4, 9 o'clock, and that's nice. So now it's 1989. So it's like, yeah, it's like I have memories which are, which are more solid. Um, so it's really nice to do it like that. Um, and very nostalgic in a different way than watching any of the other episodes when you have the direct link of watching it at the time. Yeah. So so that was nice. Yes. Um, do you remember that episode? With of course. The, yeah. it's, a, it's an all-timer, isn't it? I'll, I'll be honest, I couldn't yeah. remember specific gags. I can just see Rodney dressed like, yeah. you know, like a kid. And like, <laughs> a kid. He's like groovy he's gag. Like, he barely qualifies as not a basketball player. Like, do you know what I mean? He's totally <laughs> ridiculous. Um, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Amazing. What I'd love to see now about it if in a rewatch would be what you've said around the Dell and Cassandra kind of slightly giggling at Rodney together. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think there's something magic in there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, he goes and like Cassandra shouts after him, don't spill ketchup on your top. And he turns <laughs> and he's like, to Cassandra with his little Rodney serious face. It's amazing. Um, so yes, yes, exactly. And he's in the groovy gang. That's like, come on, kids. Uh, and yeah, so that's that was great. Um, in the previous episode, one episode I'm going to say one or two is the episode where the episode. It's the chandelier which falls down in like season two or three, which is famous. But I think we can read the only falls and horses moment which is always voted like the best Only Falls and Horses moment and like always in the top three of British sitcom moments ever is Del leaning back, nice and cool, nice and smooth, trick, nice and smooth, you know what I mean? And I'm watching this episode and it's like I'm, I suddenly recognise what they're wearing, but I don't know why. And I suddenly recognise the surroundings, but I don't know why. And I've seen the episode and I've seen it probably once or twice, but I've seen that clip 12,015 times and suddenly I realise where we are and suddenly the players start moving into position and Dell's leaning on the bar and the barman's in the background cleaning glasses and he, he hasn't lifted up the partition yet. And then Trigger comes in and I'm like, here we go. And everyone's getting in and all the players are lining up. Um, and then I'm thinking, because Mar- I'm watching it with Marta and I'll be like, this is interesting because sometimes she really, really laughs at stuff and sometimes she's like, ha! And everything. I wonder if this will get any response because it's become such this moment. It is undoubtedly funny, but what what you know what will it what will it you know get get? And it happened, and it got a ha, <laughs> which which is solid. Um, and then they, and and that worked, and then that was enough, and I was happy with that. And trigger, of course, nodding and not noticing, and him selling it even more, and all of that. Um, again, good old Roger Lloyd Pack. Yeah, so that was becoming the guy for Fools and Horses, yeah. isn't he? I've got another. Got the broom yet. Yeah. No, no, that's it. We haven't even got to the fucking broom. So that's great. And there's lots of other things, but I'm not going to try. I'm going to try not to go off on two one. I will say the Christmas episode, which is Christmas '88, so it was the prequel to the '89 season and. Sullivan knew what he was, you know, had in store in terms of long game. So in that episode, the Christmas '88 episode, Raquel is introduced, and they 
have this relationship and it goes wrong like it always does for Dell. And what's really nice is it ends and they fuck up and it's over and she leaves and he doesn't have her like at least one other Christmas episode and at least two other normal episodes where he has his heart broken. Um, and it ends with a joke, of course, but it ends. And so any viewer is like, well, oh, another one bites the dust. But now me being a time traveler, like, oh, it's the long game, Sullivan. It's the long game. He's setting her up. And, he, and you know, she's coming back. And it's like, yeah, that's that's good stuff. It works really well. And also Rodney's had his heart broken a few times. So him with Cassandra and that going from strength to strength is really nice. But it's also sort of pushing Dell to one side. And they haven't even addressed that, but it is there. Um, and so knowing that Raquel's coming up and it's going to become a foursome, it's, it's nice. I like it. Um, and I won't miss just the solo act dynamic because that never goes away between them anyway. And by this point, you know, it's like almost 10 years since the show started. We can bring in the, you know, the card. And so, yeah, I'm, so I'm really loving it. Old oh, son. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm loving yeah. living vicariously through you, Sheffield. I have to have to get myself to the same lap and may, maybe it will fill more the thing. of some of these shows. Well, yeah. But I mean, God, honestly. Yeah. You're in a hell of a void. I just want to say uh, tangentially about our friend Lloyd Pack. Um, so we've also recently started watching Inspector Morse just every now and then. We saw the first episode a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, the first episode, they're all an hour 45. Two hours on Channel 4. That's his Wednesday evening, mate. So without adverts, it's an hour 45. So we did one, you know, and it was it was good. Because because we did Luther and then and Sherlock and Cracker and Prime Suspect, um, it was just like oh yeah what 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 else I thought well it's got to be Morse at some point and frankly at some point it's got to be Touch of Frost so we did the first um, episode of Morse and it was good uh, written by well adapted by Anthony Mingella and it's around and and it, and it was eighty seven so it was just before he wrote most if not all of the Storyteller the Jim Henson stuff which was great the good old Mingella. Um, the second episode we saw about, I don't know, about a week or so ago, and it's even better, it ain't Mingella, so sorry, Tone, but none for you. But the second episode, who's the prime suspect? It's only bloody Lloyd Pack, pure oh. 87. Uh, so that was nice. Um, so yes, he's popping up everywhere. And also, Inspector Morse, as it turns out, is good. So hooray for that. Nice stretch. I never really did Morse. Never really got into it. It was, it was ah. so yeah. That, that yeah. Nice. You didn't that. have two hours on a Wednesday to spare. I, I understand. It was a chunky. <laughs> it's a chunky one. It's a slow burner too. I think it was also on my mind because we watched the Tinker Tailor series with Alec Guinness and Smiley's people, and it's that sort of scholarly tweed jacket esque. And also, I remember you know, Morse is the slow burner, and he's scholarly. Yeah. You know, so. So it, I think that's why it popped to the top of my shuffle, yeah, to fill that little gap. It's tasty, tasty stuff. Yeah. Well, I'll give you a very quick rundown, Shep, because none of these match those for meat yet, but um, to sort of try and help them the, the, the pain of losing the show we're really going to dive into in a minute, Succession, and Ted tonight is the finale. And I've got yet to watch the Barry finale because I just wanted a little bit of space between that and the succession one. But then there's going to be a void, as we've discussed. And 
We've been watching Poker Face, which is quite fun. Oh, I recommend on balance. It's got a really good pilot, really good pilot, and then has yeah. been pretty good since. And then Silo. I don't know if you've heard of that one on Apple TV, but it's pretty bloody meaty. Only two eps in, but it's, it's got all of the ingredients, an amazing set, good solid premise, which will probably like fall apart at the first interrogation, <laughs> but who cares? It's fun at the moment. Amazing cast. It's got like... Um, David Oluello, is that how, I don't know okay. his name, but the incredible actor played Martin Luther King. Tim Bloody Robbins, the lady whose name, oh God, I've forgotten from Parks and Rec, but anyway, she's in it and very good. And uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Rushing Jones. Yes, Rashida Jones, very good. Chips, they caught blimey off the fly. Yeah, so like, that's a great foursome right there. And then all sorts of other cats. That's really, Silo is, is intriguing. I mean, it's in my brain at the moment, which is quite handy. Um, so that's just a little sprinkling of our indulgence. Nice. But yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. Certainly Poker Face, you're going to bloody love when you get to. It's really full of chefy goodness. It's so old that's school. Nice. It's got even Hulk vibes, like, you know. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Not oh, obviously, that's not, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The travel. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm up for that. Totally. Um, no, lovely. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Nice things. Happy things. Uh, lots of things to watch. Um, and I haven't started the last season of Ted Lasso or Barry. I'm staggering it all so that it doesn't all hit me as it is going to hit you and turn you into a pile of smouldering rubble. So, so good stuff. No, I'm eking, son. I'm eking. Um, is that the moment? With that in mind. Yeah. Yes. Well, look, I will do a cheeky little welcome to Shoulders of Giants. I'm Jimmy. Hello, I'm Sheppy. <laughs> and uh i mean we are normally the what if podcast for sequels prequels and uh tv spin-offs etc but today sheppy is a very special bubble episode of our humble show where we thought it would be very fun and i've been trying to read your eyes the whole time to do a debrief live of uh succession sort of finale but general vibes of succession and um yeah, get your take, get your vibe, your your vibes. How many times do you say vibe in a sentence? Get your sort of um, you know, thoughts on whether they stuck the landing. I don't know anything. I don't even know whether you like the finale or not. Um oh, nice. I uh so that's that's gonna be fun, Sheps, to just kind of dive into the show a bit. I've got to yes. say it's uh it it kind of I think is relevant for a shoulders of giants thing in terms of I genuinely believe the writers and creators of the show and actors of the show and all the people that put it together are giants. They have made something very special. So let us uh, clamber on top their um, their suit jacket sides and wow. shoulder pads and have a bit of a chat about what they've accomplished, Sheps. <laughs> yes, very um, nice. Yes. Um, I like it. Yes, well... Wonder no further, sir. I'll tell you right out, I liked the last episode. I liked it very much. I liked everything about everything about all. Um, so so there you go, straight off the bat. Um, just, I mean, let me say, if anyone is interested, I believe it's the live episode where you and I are talking face to face um, and we talk a lot about, uh, about uh, succession there because um, I think I had just started season two and we had discussed it here and there 
think if anyone just listened to all, oh, it's like only fools and horses. If you listen to like ten in a row, you have like smatterings. But I think there's a lot. There's a glut in that episode where, uh, where and we talk a lot about my initial thoughts. And so I don't know if anyone could be bothered. We could like edit that all together and be like a thing. But by anyone, I don't mean you, and I don't mean me. So there you go. <laughs> Nonetheless, um, so this, of course, like you say, will be focusing very much on the final episode, the final season, and overall thoughts. I've only watched all of the episodes once. I haven't done any rewatches. What about you? Yeah, same, Chef. So I've only done the one lap, and I will do a second lap. I will yeah, do it's inevitable lap. at some point. Um, I will say that I didn't get into it uh, as early as you, and you mentioned it, and people have mentioned it, and I think it was actually when the third season was just starting that I started and so it was nice. So I basically got to do one and two and three. And I caught up with the end of three, much like with four, um, like about three episodes towards the end of the season. And then I did them in real time. You know, then. Um, so that was very nice. And with four, I waited for it to get ahead of steam. And, then I, but, and I managed to avoid spoilers, which I'm very glad about. And then went straight in. Uh, so there you go. So it was a, a very successful and pleasant journey, and I enjoyed it very much. Um, any other thoughts just in that sort of vein before we get into specifics? I think on the vibe of it, well, I mean, again, spoiler alert for me, I thought they absolutely stuck the landing and gave the ending, um, an ending that's so gloriously on point that there could be no other ending. Do you know what I mean? Really, if you yeah. really think no. about it, it's... The yeah. ending, like it was always the ending, like, and all this sort of speculation of like who's gonna win and who's gonna say. I mean, it totally misses the point of the show, and I never thought that it would be anything other than something that landed the tone and the message of the show. But I, you know, thought I, I think they, they, they just they delivered something that was so I think just perfect actually in the end. And the more I think about it, the more I really like it. Um, and but in the other thing as well, just I was talking to somebody else about it the other day, and. And she was saying, you know, I really wish um, they would just land all the episodes, you know, 10 at a time online. You know, we could just binge them and get them done. because, And, and it has felt like, you know, I, I, I understand that in the age we live in. But I've got to say, I much prefer it when it's got this sort of weekly World Cup final. Mm -hmm. If you're in the right <laughs> chat groups or whatever, and you're there and you're getting your podcast after it or whatever. And it's just every week you've got this really exciting thing to the point where... I had a meeting with somebody Monday before last for the funeral episode. We should say as well, I mean, it goes without saying, but full spoiler ahead. Like, if you, if you haven't seen Succession, just stop bloody listening and come back at me when you've finished all episodes. But um, for the funeral episode, we organised a meeting around it, Sheps. I went round to a house, she's a Succession fanatic, and, um, and she and I watched it when it dropped in Australia, and then we had our meeting. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it was very exciting and fun because interestingly um g and i uh watched it together all the way up to um season four episodes three so she got to logan passing and then she got to kind of the wake slash first board meeting after not really wake but you know what i mean that moment in the apartment that episode and she was just like i can't her her view on it and i, I just was reflecting it back to her yesterday having watched the finale was that she just could not spend any more time with these idiots anymore. And 
she absolutely held the Logan view. She was always huffing and puffing a wee bit with it. It was never really her vibe and her cup of tea, which I respect, you know. But um, she kept going with it for me because I just kept saying it's my favourite thing. And, but but she absolutely had the Logan view on these people. They're not serious people. They're idiots. Mm-hmm. And they don't know what they're doing. And it's really funny. She always surprises me genuinely. And I don't, uh, it sounds patronizing. It's not meant to, but just she's at next level, like commercial savvy sometimes, G. Like she'll just give me advice on even my business. And I, and it's, and it's so funny when you now look at the entirety of the show. And that has actually been the show. If you're watching it correctly, they're fucking idiots. And the real business has been going on in the boardroom and everything all the time. And, and like, and so I totally get it. Like she's like, look, enough's yeah. enough. They're going around in circles. I can't take it anymore. And she's been watching <laughs> it correctly the whole time. And that makes me so happy that she actually reached her threshold early. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> the company, the, the business, thing. the business is surviving the children, barely. Yeah, um, it's yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 totally true. She's she's bang on. Um, and like you say. When it's when you're when they say that in like you know you're not serious people and towards the end you're like it was never about us and all this sort of thing, you see that that you know in you look back on the on the road behind you this whole journey from episode one season one and you see it all you're like yes of course of course yeah. they're they're just idiots and they're basically ultimately no different than Cobb. Um, yeah. in terms of running for president. It's just they were closer, but ultimately they were they were hands. And when they did come close, it was just fluke. And it was just and it ultimately Shiv had that revelation like, no, you can't run this. What are you nuts? It's like we were born into this. We don't have the savvy, we have the education, but not the savvy, not the magic ingredient that made Logan successful. That Alexander Starsgard's character has, that everyone who's made it has, uh, they were born into it, and they are always trying to fill Logan's shoes. And the tragic ultimate irony is they never could fill his shoes, which is terrible, because it's like saying, of course you can just stand up to the bully, but no, if you do that, he'll break your face. And you, you can't, you are in your father's shadow. Get out, do something totally different, but no, you're fucked, because you just don't have the, the you know, ingredient X which you need. You're idiots. Uh, so that's that's nice. It's perfect. <laughs> it's flipping perfect. And I have one other thing I want to share with you, just as a sort of I wrote it down just to get this right. That I just it's just my reflection on it as a as a general vibe on the show, why I love it. And let me tell you now, Sheps, like I have long held Sopranos as my top dog. And, you know, it's just the, the, the stick for all to be measured against, in my view. And mm. I think this might have uh, usurped it. I, mm. I, I really nice. do. And that's that's the biggest comment. I mean, it's the only, for me. It's, it's the, it's the successor. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> so I, I've just put here, right. Mate, so I think there's sort of four things and a fifth thing almost. But anyway, look, that I love about it. So just unbelievable script right which makes the rewatchability factor because there's like a hundred great lines to show right amazing actors you could say amazing rug pull with what we've just discussed you're the yeah. new you're not serious people rug pull but it's never really been a rug pull and um, well it's it's that thing where i don't know it's like a magic eye thing you know you could be watching it and then you're like oh you know <laughs> 
um, you know, so there are different ways for that. You know, it's a certain type of slow burn twist where you suddenly realize what you, know, you sort of gently told what the twist is as opposed yeah. to a slap on the face. So there, there is that sort of thing where, yeah, you, and you could, you know, from my perspective, oh, I wasn't totally sure like maybe they'll get it together. Maybe they will do something massive or drastic or something. And But when that was said, it was the final confirmation of like, no, that's not going to happen. It's like, okay. But I guess there are different degrees of that. Mm. Or you could be totally in the Logan Roy G state of mind from second one, like, who's this cunt? Which is valid. So, uh, yes, yes, yes. The and second thing at the beginning, Kendall. I reckon, Sheps, the secret sauce here that makes it six out of five regularly is then all of that with the satire and everything that's going on. And then I've always liked, I guess, in at number four, the fact that it sort of gives you this sort of glimpse behind the scenes, as ridiculous as the way they talk and as heightened as they talk. And probably no one really talks like that, but it does feel like a, a sense of how the elite of the elite behave and interact a little. And you get a little vibe of, you know, how election night runs or whatever at an ATN or whatever, we can get all that. But but on top of that, the, the real six out of five is when it comes to fucking huge moments like Logan dying or like, you know, like they just, the directorial choice, the choices they make, I just make it feel so real. Like, I can't, I, I don't know, man. Like the whole, that that episode three for me was, was, incredible well, and if i'm honest quite triggering like it was just sort of yeah. that's exactly what it feels like when you get that fucking call it's yeah. awful and it's yeah it was heart in the mouth amazing i thought like the whole thing was just amazing i yeah i i yeah anyway but yeah what you that, that that well that episode yes i mean just in terms of what you were just saying but but in very broad strokes because i don't want to get too specific right straight away but Again, what you were saying about everything was inevitable, and I don't know if they always planned this to be the last season, or if Brian Cox said this is my last season, so they said, okay, this is the last season. But it makes so much sense to kill Logan on the third episode of a last season, and it doesn't feel like it at the time. You're like, what the fuck? But then you're like, of course, because you need the rest of the season and leading up to the finale to be the vacuum and what happens in the vacuum and what, how it affects the kids, and then what changes that dynamic and everything which brings them together, but also puts them, you know, because now they've got real power, but also all the other people like Jerry and, all, and Frank and that, that team who suddenly aren't all on the floor anymore, and they're like, you know, fuck off McFadden and shit like that. <laughs> they're like, no, you know, it's like, no, there's no one it's you know it's the kids and then it's us and so fuck you uh, and you know he's taking he's doing his nails and the plane and stuff that was a joy just seeing all of them be like oh. and even jerry says like you've got stockholm syndrome you know about like you know they're <laughs> really honest about it like you know no we didn't like him he's a fucking cunt um and, and all of this no that was that was great. So, yeah, so the final season, with, and also great, you know, could it have gone for another season? I reckon, probably, and had, like, him die the third episode of season five, sure. But I love that they did it in season four, and then it's like, bang, you're out, you know? It's the anti-Smallville, if you will, or anti-Lost, or even Battlestar Galactica. Don't want to piss anyone off, but shows that started off very strong and, 
maybe went on for too long and started eating itself a little bit. But yeah, four and then pow, it's it's you know, there's no there's not one episode or one second of any episode which is anything less than five star. And it's so that's nice yeah. that it remained. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Reg the Egg is in Red State, which is one of my very favorite Kevin Smith films. And I couldn't believe it. I I, I, I stayed away from IMDb because I didn't want to be so like see that someone like Tom's in five out of 10. I'm like, oh no, Tom dies or something. So I didn't do that. Um, but after the last episode, I went on IMDb just to see because I didn't know really. I wanted to know what I knew. I mean, Kieran Culkin and Cox, of course I knew, but I didn't know anyone else. Um, really, I mean, I knew a couple of, but none of the main things. I checked Greg. And I was like, fuck. And as soon as I saw Red State, I'm like, who on earth is he in Red State? I'm like, of course. So now I really have to see Red State again. Um, That's just amazing. He must yeah, be I love that in it like a real kid, maybe. He's like, know. no, I mean, he's probably, I don't know, Red State was 2011, so he was like 17. So wow. he wasn't like a real kid. And he, and knowing Greg the A, he was probably, he's probably like Cameron. He's like 50 now. Uh, you know, so he was probably 35 when he made Red State. He just looked oh, seventeen. Yeah, I always call Adam about Cameron. Um, <laughs> even in this, even though there is Cameron Cam, I still call him Cameron because he's <laughs> Can't help it. He's an amazing um, character, so, isn't he? And then at the oh end, god, can I say yeah. my favorite Alan Ruck moment in the whole series was in one of the last episodes. It was the funeral episode, and they go to like the little tomb, the mausoleum type thing, and they're talking about the price. Him and Ken. And they're like discussing it like it was a house. They're like, five mil, not bad. And then Alan Ruck just goes like, come on, I'll show you around. And it was, it's so perfect. It's so perfect. And it made me really, I think it got the biggest laugh out of me out loud from the whole four seasons. Because it built, I was finding it funny all the way through, but then that doubled it. And, and then I couldn't contain myself. Yeah, and then he he's inside, happy. and he's like, you know, I have to talk to Will over, and I'll probably take the top bunk, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That funeral oh, episode was my second favourite of the season after yeah. the, the death episode. Um, I, I think loved that funeral episode. It was electric, wasn't it? Like Cromwell yeah. comes in and smashes it, flipping. <laughs> yeah. That was some eulogy. Jesus Christ. And yeah. then and they all nail it, Sheps. Like, and I was reflecting on it as well there, just quickie in case I forget to say it. Because just because I, I, I sort of thought, you know, it almost goes in order of, you know, I guess acting chops or how much I engaged with it and thought it was really like, you know, because um Cromwell comes in is amazing. Then you had like, you know, Kendall sort of oh, sorry, Roman, um, you know, and it was just or awful, wouldn't it? I mean, just awful when it's like you, when you see him practicing all cocky at the beginning, and also like you know that it's going to hit him at some point, oh. and you're just waiting for it to happen. And it kind of does up the mountain with Stars Guard, but then when he's being so cocky at the beginning of the episode, practicing his speech, you know it's going to go wrong. And then when it does, it's oh. like, and he nails yeah. it like they nail it, chefs. It just, yeah. it was heartbreaking and sort of totally appropriate because he's such a little fucker that laughs at everyone else anyway and like it's just brilliant it was just brilliant and that and then i thought like you know old jeremy strong kendall he just comes in and sort of he delivers something that's out of this world good for off the fly but it's sort of he sells it as being like live and brilliant and some amazing sort of little poetry in the speech i can't remember any of it but I just remember i can't wait to rewatch it 
And then, like, when Sarah Snook stood up, I thought, you know, like, Shiv, do we, like, I get it, like, we kind of have to hear from her too, maybe, but at the moment, and in the moment, and after the episode, I was kind of least engaged with that. I was sort of like, you know, but then when I think about it now, it's kind of the perfect of what we've been talking about. What's she talking about? Like, they're playing outside the office. Yeah. You know, and then, like, and all the stuff she's saying, like, it's absolutely what they are. And, like, it's just kind of, it just makes me happy to think about now and how fucking, it's just all there, shit. It's all so yeah. perfectly written. It's amazing. It's when, like... when the three kids get together in the right circumstance, they totally revert to being like three adolescents um, <laughs> to the point where it's not even subtle, like the one where they make the, the king drink in the last episode yeah. and it's disgusting and a thing and, and, and then the king drink, king drink, and then he drinks some and then Roman just pours it over his head and, and Shiv goes, Mom! Uh, just instinctively calls for mum, like, and it's like they're they're eight and nine and ten and shit, and it's so it, the cool. whole scene. It is that, and it builds to literally turning into because they're in the mum's house, but she calls out for mum instinctively, and it's amazing. Uh, so yeah, that you see exactly their dynamic forever as well, and it's so beautiful. And it happens a lot, and it happens in the death episode as well where you really see them in a different way, not playful, obviously, but they're just themselves in the base level. But yeah, it's, it's so good. And even that, like, one thing quickly, Sheppy, and then I just want to say something about that death episode that's just occurred to me too, but just, um, I, I don't know if you've been listening to the HBO podcast. You said you were going to leave podcasts till after, but I recommend the... To be honest, I'm going to give it a long birth because i just sort of been having... I do it in, I've been doing it in such a different way to you, like you said, World Cup and following it one by one whereas i said my method and then sort of like and going I nuts the hell out of that, man. yeah and, and splurging the first seventh of them when it's so down but yeah i was just gonna say like jerry i've listened to it um on on my flight back last night and jeremy strong was on the last step and he said the last scene they filmed was that with the milkshake the the, the skin drink that was the last thing they filmed for the whole wow. it's interesting isn't it like you know wow um, and uh so, so i guess they did everything in america then went to barbados wherever it was and like you know did that bit and then um i wanted to say as well and i i've forgotten about this but i remembered this and and one of the reasons why it is a bit of a rug pull at the end is they have these little particularly kendall teasing moments where you think he might have it he might have it and i remember yeah. in the um episode three where He's sort of, they're sitting in the boat and they know what's happening. And he's like, we've got to be cool because the world's watching. You know, it's the, I'm paraphrasing him, but, you know, it's that kind of like, you know, yeah. how we react today is actually news fodder as well. Like, you know, it's that kind of vibe. And he's savvy enough to know that. And you think, oh, Ken, that's actually pretty nails of you to think like that at this moment, to have that, you know, aptitude. But um but he doesn't have it. <laughs> so we know what we've talked about. But already. then, but he, he says it right at the time. I mean, that's the thing. Everyone has a hero moment, more than one. And everyone has like a human moment, more than one. Everyone has a cunt moment, more than one. And sometimes they're right. And yeah, he, he was right. And and then Shiv fucks up later, like not long after where they, she gives the press and she does it right. But they're like, no questions, no questions. And she gives the statement and it's all perfect uh, and then as someone asks her the question and you see she's really taken aback and all of her defenses are down and she gives an answer and it's a bad strategy and it's a bad move and they decided not to and she could have just walked away and it would have been fine but yeah and that's again you know it's not that 
Kendall's better than Shiv. It's just the bad roll of the dice in those particular moments. And it's such a good moment. And the show is filled with amazing oh. moments like that in micro. And it's, you know, and that's just one of many, but it's one great and great acting. I mean, it's just unbelievably stacked chaps, isn't it? I was just thinking, I was thinking, you know, you can't help but jump from one to one. Like, I'm just thinking of a million times where Sarah Snook's acting with her eyes has been stunning. And like, yeah. she has like so many U-turns in the last step, but she sells them all. And then like, you know, just even in this, in this season particularly as well with her, it's just been little moments where her voice has broken a little in, in little, but really nicely and subtly and beautifully on the right moment of that line reading or whatever. Like, I don't remember specifically, but I just remember being taken at the beginning when she and Tom are really, you know, I mean, we thought they'd wobbled enough, but they go through several layers of what you might think would be the, the, the limit of a relationship. But, you know, at the beginning, they're kind of, she's sort of, are you okay sort of thing? But the, the way she's sort of responding to things is just a little bit shaky at the beginning. She's shaky. And it's it's just stunning the way she does it. And, yeah, I, and the whole, I mean, her and Tom generally, Sheps, Jesus, the balcony scene is like an amazing couple. Of, maybe right up there, I said Sopranos earlier, with Tony and Carmella in the den, you know, when he punches the ball next to her head, like, that is one of the most stunning scenes I've ever seen, and I I put that right up there, the balcony moment, man. I bloody, I love. I thought it was amazing. I, I think my my favorite character and has been Tom from the beginning, and to see <laughs> there like, and I and I just happen to just love all the McFadden's choices and everything yeah. about the way he plays that character is amazing, and um, they're in in a sea of amazing performances across the board. He just happens to make lots of things that appeal to me as choices with the actor and it's yeah. with, with the acting and and he makes me laugh my fucking head off over and above everybody else that makes me laugh my head <laughs> off as well. I wrote down that I have to share with you as well because I just want to make sure we do the biggest spit take I've maybe had on TV history, it and certainly there's for in succession, is him and Greg at that conference in like I think it's season two. And Tom's got this big presentation to do, and his key strap line is "We're listening." And then basically, Craig comes to tell him, "Tom, there's a problem. The thing is, you know, the little set-top boxes, the waystar set-top boxes." And Tom goes, "What is it, Greg?" And he goes, well, "The thing is, you know, we're we're actually listening." <laughs> it's really funny. Really funny. <laughs> it's such a shock and amazing. And when he first said it, I just honestly, I think I sprayed whatever beer I was drinking. I just it was so perfect. And just, that's yeah. nice. If I could say about McFadden, I definitely mentioned this before on a different pod, but I like McFadden. I've always liked McFadden. I didn't watch it at the time, but years later, I watched the first season or two of Spooks. Uh, I've seen his Pride and Prejudice, his Darcy. I saw Death at a Funeral. Um, I saw The Three Musketeers. Where, where he's in it. Um, the thing about McFadden is, though, he he can he can clearly act, but it's like a lot of the time he's choosing to give a performance that appears to be wooden. And you're like, it can't be wooden because I know he can act. And why would he choose to be wooden? In, for example, I don't mean non-emotive. I mean dead, dead delivery, dead expression. Uh, like in the Three Musketeers film, that's the time he's the main. He's Athos. He, that's the time you you let the charisma out and you shine and you twinkle and you quip and you go a bit dark with the you know with the lady, the winter and all that. But that's your 
Robin Hood. That's your you know swashbuckler. Go for it. And he's never been more dead behind the eyes. And it's it's like, what are you? What's your thought process here? Are you revolted at yourself that you're in this film and you're taking the money and you're going to pay yourself back by destroying your career? What? I don't get it. But then, and I, and again, you know. But I never disliked him. I was always like, interesting choice. Uh, and then, sure enough, there's Tom, and he's this live wire, and he's so funny, and his octaves rise and fall like beyond crazily and his face and his laugh and his big teeth and his crazy borderline panic and the fact that he's the greg to the children you know to the to the siblings and then of course he's got greg but it's identical the relationship um it's it's amazing so yeah and i'm so glad i mean and what a twist you watch the last episode and you know he's so desperate is tom the last season He's so desperate and he's trying this person, he's trying this person, he's being so fucking underhanded and dirty, playing with Shiv, trying to get her, like, do you remember when I bought you that shirt or whatever? And he's going to every single person and then he tries the outer layer, then he tries the opposition and he's trying Starsguard, just sinking and he's desperate and he's grabbing at anything. And at the end of the season, he's won. Uh, and so it's like, what a twist. And knowing that now, watching the season, looking at the road behind you and all of that, is like, oh, that's amazing. Uh, that's like a great character arc. I agree. And he's been so heartbreaking little moments as well, where he you no know, one eats shit better as well. I, I wrote a little note next to him, actually, for this moment, because I just, I put no one eats shit better. He, beyond us the time and the shenanigans, like you said, and all that horrible, like, you know, just manipulation. And but and it's a win, Sheps, you're right. But it's not, I mean, the reality is, Exactly. I mean, opposite Sarsgaard. Sarsgaard said, I want to fuck your wife to him. Like, you know, and he's had to eat that. Like, you know, Jesus, it's amazing. And, and then, not only that, I think in the right circumstance, she would definitely fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> and they both know it's right. Of course. Yes, of course, that's true. <laughs> and, and just it, that moment, is he says something like, you know, we're, we're men. I can, yeah, you know, it's okay. All that stuff is amazing. <laughs> to justify it. And I just like, even his the last thing we see of him, and I can't remember like Shiv says something like you know congratulations or something bullshit or like you know whatever, and he's like, oh no no no, like that you know just the way he does his da 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 like that the car and it's just I I put here like the, before even the hand holding which is the hand it's the most yeah, cold yeah. hand hold I've ever seen um, and then it's just that sort of kind of like he shakes his head a little bit in that kind of McFadden way and pushes his lip and he's about to break but he doesn't really just like it's just such an amazing little moment for me and he just he knows yeah I'm the CEO but basically the pain sponge or whatever it is Sarsgaard calls him it's absolutely oh you got there Tom but at what cost man Jesus yeah Christ. and I will also say one thing and this is just my initial reaction of course where he wears it well, he doesn't wear it as you might expect Tom, because maybe because he has what he did to earn it and so on, and where he is now and all of this. He he's like his pri he's got what he couldn't have possibly have dreamed of having, but he's a bit numb to it and a bit dead and he can't really appreciate it, and partly because of Starsguard, but mainly I think just because he can't, you know, he's, he's died a little bit to get there. But the upshot of that is he doesn't have that kind of nervous energy or the panic behind the eyes when people are congratulating him and he's walking through he is like yeah 
thanks. And you know, he's he's, he's handling it correctly. Um, and it's genuine because he's a bit dead inside, but he is a bit like, ah, yeah, or anything. He's like, yeah, thanks. Um, and that's great as well. And, and the hand-holding, he's up for a hand-hold, and then she just lays her hand on top, and he gives that reaction, just like, oh, you know, even if I can squeeze my fingers. Um, that's brilliant as well. I want to say, like, the hand-holding, Sheps, has just occurred to me as a very nice little motif that goes through it. You've got, like, even Marsha at the funeral, when, like, they've got that row of X, Y. I mean, that, yeah. that's amazing. And by the way, that happened at my dad's as well. I remember there was a whole wow. row of girlfriends. <laughs> wow. But, but yeah, like, that's my, a Tony Soprano it, move, man. It's such a Soprano move. Isn't it? And, um, and there's, like, you know, just her, you know, she's been such a bitch to the secretary who, like, you know, and it's weird to think that was all this season as well. They had that whole yeah. thing they were going to put her on the news and everything. Anyway, but... Um, the, she's uh, amazing by the way Dagmara I believe oh, um, she's amazing cool. and she was always amazing but once Logan died her how she's reacting yeah. all, immediately but all, since then all the way it's sort of this like nervous wreck amazing performance how good is it? I, I, it's a bit convenient but nice like that video at the end in that last step yeah. where they're watching it and she's at the dinner and like yeah. Rickin Cameron's at the dinner as well, which is really interesting. It's a Godfather yeah. Two ending where you see you know, everyone at the, before the first hey, film. That's it's, nice. It's shit. good. I thought about that. It's tasty. By the way, that bit in the funeral where then the wife or ex-wife, you know, the the middle wife, you know, French woman, is compassionate and she says something and all three laugh. Even the original wife, or not even the original wife, not crazy cake wife but english mother of the, the main kid's wife she gives a little emotional laugh and it gets a bit teared up because like is it uh, she mentions like grinding the teeth or something yeah. they, and she and so they all have this genuine moment and then she holds um, the secretary's hand so yeah i really really that touched me mm. and i liked it and they do that so well, don't they? Because they've got all this brutal interplay between people, and then it's little moments of kindness or like little things like that. And I, I wanted to mention this too. It's occurred to me. I'm so glad it has because I, I thought it was a genius stroke, stroke literally as well. But, but first, like Frank with Kendall in the the episode after the funeral when he's being quite fatherly and like you know, but the reason he's being fatherly is this incredible stroke of genius which is the <laughs> is it a cross out or is it an underline yeah his name is amazing it will live with kendall yeah. forever um, yeah I just, whoever came up with that that's the go to lunch moment on that writing day that's amazing um, i assume it's all armstrong i give i give him all the credit and it might be a really unfair but i just assume that's that's got armstrong all over it <laughs> it's so dark and wonderful and uh yeah man i bloody yeah yeah Listen, I feel like oh, God. were you wanting to say something else about McFadden? Because I feel like you were about to say something. You were talking about the funeral, and I'm not sure. God, to be honest, man, not, not really. I, I feel look, I, I think his performance all up is is great because he is the in some ways, not not literally performance wise, but just the stretch of his character, like you said, because he is this to the kids. And then he's got Greg at the other side as well. Yeah. And you can see him literally flip almost like you say. When you were saying that, like before, I was thinking he's he is in so many ways that sort of almost faulty esque character. Like he <laughs> is very physically funny. And 
Like he really, honestly, I got at least ten LOLs out of that whole eighty. The um, election night episode with the was it RB and Greg's like, it's not too lemony. It's just a little bit of lemony. Yeah, yeah, wasabi then lemonade. That's amazing. Oh. That's that's an amazing episode as well. Of course, absolutely amazing. Um, the wasabi <laughs> is amazing as well, and everything you say about McFadden. Oh, one final thing before I forget is just at at the end the cold hand-holding and all of that, it seems like you could read into it now. I mean, the positions have totally flipped. Like, he was always the hanger-on to Shiv, and now she's, you could say, a million reasons why they're still together, not least the baby, but they're together, and perhaps part of that could be she's now hanging on to him and just looking for a way in, looking for a way in, and they totally flipped 180 with each other, which I like. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's awesome, and like he's sort of, I yeah, I I, I just I look, they're all brilliant, and maybe we should do a quick spin around the three kids, the three like you know under one mum, yeah. you know, um, and just because I, I I yeah, man, I mean, what what a season for Kieran Culkin as well, Sheps. He does bloody amazing. I mean, they're all Kieran Culkin seasons, really, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, he's I mean, amazing. Amazing! What a character, and how perfectly played. Yeah, and what like, and everybody at the end as well. I got the sort of sense that he was the most at peace of the three. Even though, I mean, that's not saying anything because they're all kind of fucked. But the, but not not financially, but just in their soul, you know. But I, I, I would say not at peace, but definitely the most broken. Um, I mean, well, I don't know, broken in his own way. I don't know. I don't know if I would say. Peace maybe because of this aware, peace. Maybe. Well, no, I know. I I think maybe peace because it's this final acceptance of the truth that we, yeah. the audience, you, know, you and I were talking about, and so it's 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 an acceptance in you know of like this is my reality, and I was never going to make it, and maybe there's a solace in the fact that he never stood a chance, um, and but that is also suicide material knowledge. Yeah. So. <laughs> You know, all my worst fears, all the things that I could never listening to that little recording, you know, the little edit oh, together God, of yeah. the dad, oh, just God. listening to it. All of that, you know, I mean, I would say out of both those sons, a definite gun in mouth risk at this moment. Um, so Flipping I don't know if that piece maybe soon that. to be at peace. Yeah, you're right. Jesus. I hadn't Yeah, wow. I I I mean he you mentioned it as well earlier. I, I thought the top of the mountain moment with Sarsgaard where he's pissing in front of him. I thought it was an amazing um, Sarsgaard episode, that all up. And yeah. he was great all the way through, but he really not peaked. It seems a bit cruel to say that, but like he was, he was on the mountain so top. awesome. Yeah, he was so awesome. Yes. Oh, he's amazing at Sarsgaard. He's always, he's so good at playing a cunt and yeah. he didn't let me down. Um, and that whole scene, like you say, that confrontation up the mountain was just another one of many, many, many amazing confrontation scenes. Uh, yeah, yeah, astonishing. And, and Roman is amazing. He's just poking in there. Like the acting there was just wicked. It was just off the charts. It was so raw and brilliant. And he'd not really seen him be quite that raw until that point. And then no, for the rest of the no. season, we've seen more of it. But like, just, yeah, that was a real life. Connor, Connor sent him the photo of his dad in the makeup. Um, <laughs> and it's like, well, that's going to push anyone off the edge. Yeah, astonishing. Like, don't send a photo. Yeah, and I love that we don't see it. Uh, oh, and by the way, that video 
not you know the other video, the outtakes of Logan, where like he was getting, he's getting fucked off with the director, and he is doing it. He, he is actually he does have a twinkle in his eye, and he is selling it. And the director doesn't know how good she's got it, and she interrupts him. And then of course they never finished. And then that face when he's looking into the camera, as I like, yeah, good to see you, Dad. Um, yeah, that was a little shout out. I mean, there are millions and millions of shout outs, and it's probably best that we don't talk about everyone because I could just keep the more we talk about it, the more random oh, scenes are going to come in. But in terms of what you were saying, about an amazing moment. moment. Sorry, Shiver, I just want to say quickly yeah. where, they're, where they're doing that whole you know, living class thing, and Greg says something about, you know, houses. Maybe aren't they cool because they've been around for a while, you know? Like, and I always love the way Craig delivers like kind of lines and stuff. It's really cool. I'm sorry, man, yes. I interrupted you. Sorry. I also really like, since you talk about that, the when they do the presentation and there's that horrendously embarrassing thing where he's talking to his dad up oh, on the big God. screen and oh. it's so cringe. Um, but then what really made me laugh is at the end and it like fades out into white like Logan's going to heaven and he just know like the edit like they were so proud of themselves like in that reality the people it's probably Kendall's idea fade to white it'll be amazing um, so that really made me laugh as well um, so yeah no it's it's all it's all stellar stuff one thing I'm going to just mention is one observation I made at the beginning and I knew this was going to happen I really really like Connor in the very first episode ever. Um, because he seems to be untouched by everything and he's just walking through you know he's like playing doom with the um with the cheat on so you can't get hurt he's like in this bubble and i said at the time you know they're going to do something with the character make it more interesting and stuff's going to happen and it certainly did but i liked the idea of proto connor as introduced in the first episode and i liked that and what's the name of the wife the french wife i keep forgetting i think it's Marsha. <laughs> I think it's Marsha. So Marsha was introduced in the first episode, in the first half of the season, first season, as such a power player um, and such an important part. And I, for whatever reason, but it certainly disappeared. And she came back in those last couple of episodes, the funeral one especially. But it's interesting that, you know, she really seemed to be a major, major player. And it, you know, obviously didn't, didn't happen. Uh, which is interesting to me, and I wonder if that was an organic process, if they had to change or for whatever reason. So, yes. There's um, a wonderful jarring uh, seeing her in the apartment again, straight after he died, wasn't it? After that gap. It was perfect. Right. Absolutely perfect, in a way. Like, you know, the, uh, the, the harshness she shows towards the secretary, which then they pay back much nicer you know, later with the funeral. But then when... then. Roman is so tender and considerate and human to her, um, to the point where I thought maybe there would be a twist and they had had a secret relationship behind Logan's back or something because they had this really, you know, anything very nice. But um, but no, but even without that, it was it was that was a nice moment as well. And about Roman, I was going to say that was a nice a nice thing for him. Again, everyone you get to see the whole spectrum of everyone. From, and I, from the best of them to the worst mainly the worst i love the um the like you you said that and one of the most stunning examples of that particular roman is like he's got this there's a ridiculous that ridiculously well amazing but the ridiculous moment where like kendall's giving it the big i need to this is this is my whole life i need this this gig or whatever and shiv's like no you can't do it and yada and then he just blurts out this, you know, I'm the bloodline or whatever. Like, it's just ridiculous. She goes, but you're, 
<laughs> the oldest boy and all this stuff. And then, and then it's all that stuff. But then, and then Roman gives him the, but your kids aren't even real, like, you know, and all this. And then that triggers Kendall and he takes his face off. And it's yeah. like, you know, and they're both like, I mean, Kendall's off the charts denying that he killed this boy. And then like Roman says this, this unforgivable thing to him, like, you yeah. know, and then like, it's just, and yet then within like two sentences, you're sort of like, but Roman, you're right. You got the moral high ground on your brother. <laughs> like you know, yeah. like wait a minute, what's going on my brain? Just there's like... no snapback uh, time with them. Um, they'll go from ten back to zero uh, in, a, in the blink of an eye, and the other way around. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, because again, that's been their whole lives, and they can say the worst thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You sort of go sometimes one episode to the other, and you could be thinking, well, didn't they freaking hate each other at the end of last episode? But it doesn't matter. Real life is these kids will be all right and resilient and don't care. And, and they are back. You know, like you say, no snapback or whatever. It's just easy. And one thing I guess what sums it up nicely is just at the end when Roman is hugging Kendall and he's just crying and he's saying, I hate you, I hate you. And he's hugging him, they're hugging each other and he's saying, I hate you, I hate you. And it's genuine. It is, I hate you. Um, it's not like that, um, but also the crying and the, the tenderness from both of them is also genuine. And I guess that sort of sums it up. Yeah, man. And I, one thing I had, Sheps, and this is very silly, but like, I thought Greg had a bit of a a, a moment at the end of the um, presidential bit where, um, sorry, the the you know the election night, and you know he basically sells out Shiv. Who did try to make the call to nothing and then like, you know, tells Kendall and blah blah blah. He's always he's amazing, Greg, for that. Like in, in his uh, Machiavellian ways. Um, but then the very next step at the funeral, you've got Shiv um, and her father-in-law, stepfather, I can't remember his name, Peter is it or something, who's hilarious and amazing. Peter's pitch. Oh my god, that was the whole thing of the last episode it was amazing. But anyway, Peter is there. And they're down a pallbearer because Tom's working, and she says something like, "You know, she's like, no to Peter, yes to Greg." And I just, yeah. I just wondered in that moment, she, there's no moment with her and Greg, and she's just forgiven him for the episode before. It's the, oh, and that's a ridiculous thing for me to say. I'm not; these guys are writing like a, a level I've never seen. And also, it goes to show how, you know, she would take anyone instead of Peter. Come to daddy. <laughs> Um, so she would take Greg just saying that at the father's funeral amazing Pip Torrens that actor he's been around forever he's in Tomorrow Never Dies uh, he's great he's in uh, Preacher uh, Unrecognizable he's in a very good David Tennant Doctor Who so yeah no, Pip Torrens for life and he's amazing um, <laughs> and then you get to see another side of him where they're driving he's like oh it's a waste of fucking time yeah. and he's like oh we haven't seen that before so um, that was nice as well. Um, you get to see different sides of everyone in that final season. Bits where they're alone, where like they're talking about Logan, but now he's dead and they have freedom to do it. All, all sorts of things. And like when Shiv says to Frank, um, was he okay? Was he okay? And they're like, yeah, he was a mean old bastard, but you know, he, you know, he was okay. And then Frank turns to the other guy who's, who's in also a million things, which I've always loved, but I don't know the actor's name. He turns to him. It's like right, and they're both like, yeah. Uh, and again, it's just so nice that it held on that moment to to show that, like, yeah, yeah. So Carl is it? Is that the name of the other the other sort of the trio of execs? I love Carl. I love that Carl. moment where Kendall's about to go up and speak, 
and Carl has gotten by the book. There's another you're not serious people. You've inflated these bloody numbers and he's like, you are. We are both on the fucking line here. And if I see a moment of that, and I just, it was so, it was a different shape yeah. of Carl as well. It's yes. so cool. Like, it was so cool. not Fisher Stevens, who was, who was also. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Woof, woof, Sheppy. Woof, woof. Yeah. That was well, amazing. There you go. Uh, yes, yes. Well, he's amazing. Um, and also just about Carl. Yes. And he's brilliant. And he has prior with Armstrong because he was in the thick of it. Or at the very least, he was in Veep. Um, and so he's and um, and in the loop. So he's worked with Armstrong before. I'm sure there's lots more of people who have crossed over. I mean, I feel I've got such treats ahead, Sheps, because I never I've seen in the loop. But I've not seen the thick of it. And I've, uh, I've I've not really done the full peep show lap either, so I, I've got some real. Treats. What about really? You've never done the whole. Wow! I just assumed you had. It's a real daredevil wannabe. Peep yeah. show for life. I mean, peep show goes without saying. I mean, it has done. Yeah, peep show's amazing, and also Armstrong's Black Mirror, which was always one of my faves, and also Veep, and also, I mean, um, Four Lions for fuck's sake. Yeah. Uh, everything he's done for the last 20 years has been five star but it's so nice how this show came together and like hey it's great i'm like oh armstrong good for you man so yeah yeah amazing amazing what a what a dude so yes i saw him interviewed by charlie brooker like ages ago like 2008 or 7 um and it was great he's been very yeah such a cool guy so yes yes that's me how does he follow um, this is going to be I'm, I'm sure he can because he's a genius but just yeah my god my god i know i know no exactly and he's going to have so many hot offers but what you know what you know yeah. maybe go back to channel four it's, it's very satisfying very nice um the direction is amazing oh another shout out every season i always try and read what it reads on the news um, cast like during the amazing credit sequence that I always watch and I love the music and I love the all the imagery and all of it the children on the elephant always makes me laugh so much I always really like that for some reason and and Logan young Logan doing the no sign with his hands and all that and the score is great that's that's one of my that's brilliant but during that there are all these little sort of easter eggy moments and in each season there's a different headline on the news and I've forgotten them all now. I always make, set myself the challenge of never pausing it and always reading it. And so then I would miss it for the first three episodes or something. And then by the fourth and fifth, I'd catch a bit. By the fifth one, I'd know where it was going to come up in the title sequence and then read it a bit more. And then by usually the fifth, I would know it. One of them is uh, something like, I smiled at her by the photocopier and now I'm facing chemical castration, says Office of <laughs> um, And there was another one. The, the one for season four, I did in the end have to cheat and not feel guilty about because it's like one second. But it's something like um, glitch in um, ele Chinese electric cars have sealed, you know, become 40 million Americans sealed tomb or something like that. Um, it's great. And the other one for season four was in Times Square and you see all the headlines of the ticker tape thing and it says um, man with flu can't stop thinking of chickens 
Um, so that's, yeah, <laughs> it's good stuff. It's pure Armstrong. I didn't um, know really there was that level of Easter egg. That's so happy, Shepps. Oh, it's and great. so broad and fun to, to put yeah. that in there. Because it's like yeah. Barry was an exec producer or something mad on it as well, isn't he? Which it makes me cross dressing, um, cross or cross transgender elite transgender illegal immigrants are able to illegally enter our country twice or something like that was i think season two it's all sort of coming back to me i haven't done any actual research to read this out properly because that would be far too professional but yeah it's it's just that acerbic satirical biting wit that comes from the school of chris morris and amanda renucci um, and and it's it's rubbed off and it's you know armstrong is the next wave that sort of stuff that i became first aware of with in the 90s with the day to day and then brass eye and there came charlie brooker and this whole sort of voice and so then following these careers since really the early 2000s and then like you say then there's like black mirror and then that takes off and then there are loads and then from that succession but yeah it's just it's so nice it's so nice yeah yeah it's tasty as fuck uh, so I know you you're not really as into the sort of the ratings and rankings of things, etc. But do you have a vibe as to where this sits and what might be top of your mind? There's too there's too many tops, I think. Do you know what I mean? It's ridiculous to do it. I do appreciate that. But I just wonder like where where this, you know, in terms of the prestige TV sort of vibes of it. Where succession sits. Yeah. Um well it's too soon to tell, but you know, the, it's up there with, let's say, your Breaking Bad, your Better Call Soul, your Wire, your uh, Sopranos, your Mad Men. Those would, would be, I would say, gold star, cream, five star. And, and there's no doubt that succession sits comfortably in, in that pantheon. Whereabouts, I don't think there is any order within that top exclusive bubble. Um, but yeah, they're all they're all pretty special. In, in fairness, out of all of those, Mad Men and well, Breaking Bad is the only one that I've watched twice, and Mad Men we've taken a tiny little break in between seasons four and five. But that's you know that's amazing. Rewatching is amazing. W Triple I took it for granted that it was good, but like over a decade, rewatching it is like oh shit, Dubby. Oh, I have to do another lap of that. Yeah. That place would be that's so manipulative. Anyway, the the the, the Mad Men uh, podcast coming soon. But yeah, it's brilliant, genius. Um, so yes, so that's that's my answer for what it's worth. Um, mm. Yeah, Succession is up there. Nice chefs, nice. Um, so, are there any final thoughts or anything else? Like, because again, we could just go on and on, but I think forever. I, I, I suppose I just wanted to like. I, I thought I had nothing to say, and then I just I just quickly span back to my notes, and I think maybe just to just regroup on Kendall for a sec, because he, I guess, was the slight focus of the three of the four kids. You know, what I mean, he probably had them. You know, and we finish on him, and, and we start on and him. we start on him, yeah. And so it's like, a, and he is quite public about his sort of Dustin Hoffman esque method acting sheps, and uh. he he kind of. Um, that there was a wedge between him and the rest of the cast and i i don't think he was particularly popular on set and i think his king making milkshake was probably a bit of uh there was some catharsis maybe for your romance and chips in that moment <laughs> too. 
and um, but it's just interesting and i just wanted to gauge you know his performance is different amazing to the rest of the cast as well and you feel it i i feel it you know just in watching him and i just wondered what your vibes were on him because i i do think it, it is a special performance and he is quite incredible and i I was feeling Shiv's feelings as soon as I see him in Logan's desk. He's got his feet up and he's promising shit to Stewie and all sorts of cats. <clears throat> and I just, I thought that was just really interesting because you were like, oh mate, you're immediately being the wanker we all knew you would be in that job within seconds. He's got, you know, in that finale. And um, I, 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 I think it's a stunning performance and I think it's really, um, it's, it's one for the ages. You know, it's a character for the ages, maybe on top of Logan. You know, he's probably yeah. the iconic person from the show, as well I as think, Logan, maybe. Yeah. Well, Logan is like you know the, the the shadow over everything. He is succession at you know on a genetic level. Yeah, um, you know, like at the beginning of Thundercats, we see everyone, but then like the Obi Wan type character just covers everyone with their blue his blue cloak. It's like that, exactly like that. So with that in mind. Um, Yes, to Kendall. And also, in terms of all of that, in terms of the three leads, essentially, as well as everyone, it makes you really like them and really hate them and really feel sorry for them and then really hate them again um, very, very brilliantly um, all yeah. the way through. And someone, you can hate them one second and then really feel sorry for them. You know, and, and Kendall had lots of arcs in the beginning of season two, so fucked up and everything and but then he's like a massive dick again and all of that and yeah all, all of them and the, the three kids especially and I even you know when logan shows little bits of humanity as well but you know yeah. but that's different not with logan, logan but still and i feel like the moment i realized it was going to be a consistently sort of six out of five so to speak it was starting to add that extra source of beyond just the behind the curtain it had these moments of like oh shit that feels so real in this moment was um in season one just after kendall's gone over in the car with the kid and then like you know his dad the way his dad greets him the next day and he knows everything and he's done the yeah. pure corleone and mopped it up yeah. and now he has him in his pocket but the way they executed that felt so real and kendall was so immediately vulnerable and you know castrated or you know impotent yes. before in that moment and the flip was mm. extraordinary and i just thought oh this is that even more special source on top of the special source here yeah. there's something going on and then how nails he was then at the end of season two with as you think he's just gonna perjure himself or you know just give himself up and then that press conference and that's like boom yeah. end of season two and i thought it was my favorite all-time ex example of a show ending in a way that sets you up for season three and you're excited, but also could be the very end of the show. Yeah. I wanted it to be, you know, and it was perfect. And I just, so I just, to your point you've made, Shepard, I'm just really just trying to fan it out. But um, it's that whole thing. He he does that that seesawing within scenes beautifully. And yeah, I, I, I'm i really excited to see what he does next, actually, Jeremy Strong, of everybody. It's like you say, you could kind of sort of guess what the others could do. Kieran Culkin is going to be fascinating because he's sort of, I, I don't know, like, I, I, he's... He's the Brett Goldstein of this show in that he had a very meaty character, which he absolutely embraced and embodied and personified and added to and created. And so, yeah, yeah. He's all, I mean, it's not a twist. I mean, you know, Igby goes down 
and Scott Pilgrim, just two examples. You know, those are not recent films. He was amazing in those. So it's like, yeah, I mean, hey, makes me want to watch Signs again. Hey, it makes me want to watch Nowhere to Run again. Um, so, so well. yes. Holy crap. Um, so, so I, yeah, in terms of everyone, that's, that's wicked. I've always loved Brian Cox, of course, so I guess without saying. And yes, yeah. where, where they will go from here on in is very interesting. And also McFadden, frankly. I mean, he had a perfectly happy life being in Ripper Street and, and being a BBC leading man. And now what's going to happen? Um, so, so yes. I also just want to say final, final thing that we did totally touch on, but I, I don't think I ever just said it out loud. The funeral episode, the minute attention to detail, the, the human aspects, all of this you, you, you mentioned perfectly and beautifully, but just everything they're, they're wanting to know. What did you do then? What did you do then? Like when the kids are talking just amongst themselves and they want to know the minute details of the five minutes of that phone conversation and and, and everything just wanting to know that's you know that's an observation of of that sort of scenario that the, that and and all of it how everyone acts how everyone reacts the phases the numb the then the anger and the denial and all of that is amazing and it should be said the fact that it was shot where you don't follow Logan into the bathroom, you don't see him, you know, clutching his chest, you don't see any of that because it's not about him dying; it's about him being dead. Uh, it's not about the act of his death; it's about what happens now he's dead. And it's shown one hundred percent from the kids' point of view, down to McFadden on the phone, but the the reception is choppy, and they're trying to get, and they're just getting fragmented a little bit. And we, the audience, are also getting. We don't see. Logan for like a second or two, I thought, is Logan just so angry because Colton called him a cunt and so on that like he's mind fucking him just for a second. And then you don't see Logan, you don't see Logan, and then you do just sort of from this interesting above the head shot. Um, and and it's like, oh, it's it's the whole thing was just perfect. So well done by yeah. a second by a second. Um, millions of other examples from that whole that whole episode, which was so powerful. I'm so glad that wasn't going for me uh, as well. Um, so yeah, it was um, very, you know, I rolled the dice, what not watching it for the first few weeks. Um, and I'm very glad that Instagram or anything else didn't ruin that for me. So that's really nice. The election episode, again, was perfect. And ultimately, you know, it's going to end badly. You're not going to have a happy ending. You know, the psycho is going to go in. Uh, Roman has never been more deplorable and unlikable and immoral and Shiv is the hero there and being the real voice of the show and of the writer and of being like, you know, it does make a difference. People do suffer. This is important and all of that. And of course, you know, it goes without saying the reality of what this is what happened in life more than once. So um, it's, it's, yeah, that was amazing. Um, and again, the uh, the funeral episode and the final episode again it could have ended with the crazy president just dropping a nuclear bomb on New York and that's how it ended and you're like oh <laughs> you know and or you know but it, it the way that it did end where it that is the ending it, it like you said uh, like my brother said everything is like in retrospect immediately you see it and it's the only ending it could possibly have been and that's perfect and beautiful i do wonder if like they're gonna in five ten years be like one more series like an eight episode where are they now um are they dead assuming they're not dead um yeah that would be very interesting to, to 
do that, maybe, unless that's defeating the object of the final episode, as I know that's the perfect ending. But it would be interesting eight years, 10 years to do like an eight episode thing. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, though, brilliant. We have to. <laughs> Uh, oh, and one other thing, uh, uh, the first episode of season four and the first episode of season one, both starting with Logan's birthday, which was a nice mm. thing, continuity. Nice scene again. in the restaurant as well with him and his, his driver in that episode. I yes. like knew, you know, it was laying it on the foreshadowing of Logan dying there and, and you sort of thought, oh, okay, but I still it was still a shock. And when you uh, you text me, Shep, saying episode two, like just done episode two, and I was like, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's coming. Yes. Any moment yeah. now, definitely <laughs> got to episode three. That makes me happy. And uh, yeah, yeah, I just, I thought it was stunning. And you, you're so right. And it's just the care that they take, man. Like, you know, I am, um, yeah, you know, and, and we've both lost people. And that's written from, a perspective of someone that has lost someone, you know, you that, that rawness and the lack of control and the fact you can't speak so to them, say the things you say and all that. Perfect. I've never seen it done better ever. There's no. never been a better TV death executed, in my view. Like, yeah. it's just perfect. And just, I remember something that my uh, dad said once to me, which was that hit one of the most stunning scenes um, in Four Weddings and a Funeral was the funeral and all the reaction shots of people. Um, in that and and you know just little reactions to things that were observed of the um, I forget the name of the, the character that died in that but but anyway basically and they do that so perfectly well, in this funeral like yeah. you know, just cut Sasuke at the right moment or like the president or the you know it, it was just just perfect. or even the mum when Kendall says you know he made us and she's like just <laughs> 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 little little touches perfect yeah perfect, perfect. But, um, yes. Yeah. Perfect. No man. We could go Don't on and on. Him. I could go on and on. The more we talk, I mean, you just mentioned the driver. Yeah, that's amazing. And now, now he's following Kendall at the end, and it's all of that. And he also wants him there. Kendall wants him there just to spill, just tell me everything my dad said. Just give me, not even for like strategic reasons. Just tell me everything and yeah. stuff. And it's a way for the son. I mean, for the driver as well to sort of. Because you feel sorry for him, of course, in the death episode, everyone's mourning, but he, no one's thinking of the driver. And he is like this guy who's spending all this time and seeing this side and like, you know, this poor wretched man being like, you're my best pal. Like, oh, God. And, you know, the driver is very flattered and heartwarmed, but he knows how tragic and pathetic that is and all of that. So I love that. And in the American version of um, House of Cards, there's a sort of similar relationship between Spacey and his one of his bodyguards. Um, and it's just like, a, it's nice. I like it. I like that. Yes. And I did enjoy, uh, this will be my final point, because we could go forever and like, even yeah. the, the funeral app, like I did enjoy uh, Kendall doing his sort of Corleone move and pulling the driver in, pulling Hugo in with the woof yeah. woof. And like you know, and the driver, I guess, keep him close because he knows about that kid that that died. And yeah. stuff. Like, it's really, yeah, man, Jesus. Okay, let's be, let's just Sheppy, let's do it, let's call yes. it because we could go for three hours. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> God bless you. What a what a treat to be able to live through and watch, man. What what a wonderful show. Place. I can't wait for the rewatch as well. Yeah, yeah me too. Already, yeah, I, I agree. It'd be so rich. <laughs> yeah. 
I, it's one that you buy the screenplay of as well, isn't it? You could read that and it would yeah. just be so Oh, sad. God. Yeah. yeah, amazing, definitely. And I bet they were sort of like, you know, that thing was edited so tight. Um, you know, even like the hour and a half episodes, it's just the momentum and propulsion. So you know there's loads of cutting on the floor, little comments, little things that didn't make the final cut. But if you had like the original script, it'd be really tasty. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice, yeah. Also, I know a lot of the time there were alternative, you know, wildly alternative takes, alternate takes. Uh, Roman, especially, if you ever called, um, Colkin, Kieran gave 10 different line readings, wildly different uh, for his insults and stuff. Yeah. So joyful, joyful, Jimmy. Wonderful. Let's finish there because, again, there's a lot of succession to get through. That is, I think, a good encapsulation. Uh, I will definitely think of 28,000 things that I didn't say that would kill But a brilliant show, Jimmy, I think we can agree. Happy, exactly. happy. So do we just sign off at this well, point? Do we? Guess, how's your Brian Cox ships? Are you good at it or not? Do you have a good Brian Cox? There's only one way to Don't sign off. Don't ask me to do well. a Brian Cox. It makes me angry, guys. Fuck off! Thanks so much for listening to the pod. If you're so inclined and have the time, we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a, a little rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get the, the pod from. And if you want to get in touch with us to maybe make a suggestion or comment on any of our uh, observations or pictures of the past, please feel free to reach out to us via Instagram at shoulderspod or visit our website, shoulderspod.com.